Welcome to The Humanist Report. I'm Mike Figueredo. Today's episode is sponsored by our Humanist.com members as well as our patrons on Patreon. We have Belen L, Swami A, Ruth S, Raphael T, Jimmy J, our biggest patron on Patreon, as well as Robbie. And on our member page on the TheHumanistReport.com, uh, monthly members are Judith S. And then we also have a donation that came through from Nicholas C. So I want to thank all of you guys because you are uh, very instrumental in keeping this show a flow, and I also want to thank all of my viewers who tune in regularly. On today's episode, it is basically Bernie Sanders versus the world, and I'm going to tell you how that's the case, because not only has the political establishment unequivocally lined up against Bernie Sanders, but the corporate media establishment is pulling out all the tricks they possibly can to discredit Bernie Sanders and paint not just him as a delusional kook, but all of his supporters as delusional as well. And being a Bernie Sanders supporter myself, I take personal offense to this, so we're going to hit back at them. So I hope you guys really enjoy it because I'm mad uh, and we're gonna we're gonna push through this. The editorial board at the Washington Post hates the fact that Bernie Sanders' message is resonating with the American people. So what do they do in response? Well they pen one of the most condescending messages I have ever read. They state Bernie Sanders is playing the role of uncorrupted anti-establishment crusader, but Mr. Sanders is not a brave truth teller. He is a politician selling his own brand of fiction to a slice of the country that eagerly wants to buy it. Mr. Sanders' tale starts with the bad guys, Wall Street and corporate money. The existence of large banks and lax campaign finance laws explains why working Americans are not thriving, he says, and why the progressive agenda has not advanced. So when they say things like selling his own brand of fiction, not only are they being condescending, but they're trying to paint Bernie Sanders as an old kook and paint his supporters as delusional as well. Now trust me, as Bernie Sanders supporters, we can discern fiction from reality. You see, Bernie Sanders doesn't have to paint himself as uncorrupt. He's just uncorrupt. Unlike your candidate, Hillary Clinton, and the Republicans, see, they actually are corrupt, hence the reason why they try to paint themselves as non-corrupt. But Bernie Sanders doesn't have to do that. We can look at his campaign contributions, we can look at his record and see... Lo and behold, he's not actually corrupt. But do you want to know what is fiction? I'm going to tell you guys some fiction right now. Telling me that Clinton isn't corrupt when she's taking campaign contributions from Wall Street and the big banks, that's fiction. Telling me someone who fought against marriage equality for her entire life is the pro-gay candidate? That's some fiction right there. Telling me someone who sold fracking to the world, thus poisoning water supplies of human beings and destroying the planet actually gives a damn about people and is going to stop climate change? That's fiction. When you try to tell me that someone who's being investigated by the FBI for corruption is the more anti-corrupt candidate? That's some fiction right there. Trying to tell me that someone who's been bought off by the health insurance industry and received millions in speaking fees is actually looking out for my interests and not the health insurance industry's interests? That's some fiction right there. Telling me someone who took campaign contributions from the private prison industry is moral? That is some fiction right there. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. You're trying to sell me a turd as a piece of chocolate, but I know the smell of shit. And you guys smell real shitty right now because what you're doing is wrong and it's absolutely lies. So you are the one who is not able to discern fact from fiction. Sorry, but it's true. But nonetheless, they continue. 
Here is a reality check. Wall Street has already undergone a round of reform, significantly reducing the risks big banks pose to the financial system. The evolution and structure of the world economy, not mere corporate deck stacking, explained many of the big economic challenges the country still faces. And even with radical campaign finance reform, many Americans and their representatives would still oppose the Sanders agenda. <laughs> I have to read that again, because um, I don't know if my eyes are deceiving me. Here's a reality check. Wall Street has already undergone a round of reform, significantly reducing the risks big banks pose to the financial system. You're telling me that I need a reality check? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. You're honestly going to write that? And then tell me, as a Bernie Sanders supporter, that I'm delusional? That I can't tell fact from fiction? Oh my god, I mean, this has to be a joke. You call Dodd-Frank significant reform? You call the repeal of Glass-Steagall significant reform? You're telling me that the people who crashed the economy in 2008 that have not yet been jailed have actually been reined in? That sounds like fiction to me, Washington Post. And you also made the claim that a majority of the American people would oppose Bernie Sanders' agenda in the event we actually got real substantive campaign finance reform. Well, I've got news for you. That's another piece of fiction. So when you look at polls, you can pick anyone you want to. A majority of the American people actually agree with Bernie Sanders on the issues. When it comes to expanding Social Security, 65% of the American people support that. When it comes to income inequality, 81% believe the wealthy have too much influence. Money in politics, 78% want money limited. When it comes to Medicare for all, 51% of the American people, now that's a majority, support that, and 81% of Democrats support that. When it comes to taxing the rich, 68% think elites pay too little. When it comes to tackling climate change, 61% think that it will harm future generations and want something done. When it comes to raising the minimum wage, 60% support it. When it comes to free college, 63% say that they want at least the first two years free. So who's the delusional one? Who is really on the side of the people? Is it you? Or is it Bernie Sanders? I think it's Bernie Sanders. So when you say things like a majority of the American people would disagree with Bernie Sanders, that is complete fiction. So when it comes to his universal health care plan, they say he promises massive savings on health care costs that would translate into generous benefits for ordinary people, putting them well ahead on net. But he does not adequately explain where those massive savings would come from. Getting rid of corporate advertising and overhead would only yield so much. Well, here's another bit of reality for you. The reason why healthcare costs are skyrocketing is because when people with insurance get sick, they are unable to pay it. So what do they do? They file for bankruptcy and then the hospitals don't get that money. And then in turn, they pass off that cost on everyone else and prices go up but if everybody's covered if 100% of the bills are paid guess what happens miraculously the costs go down and furthermore I don't care about the industry itself what I want to know is how I'm gonna save money and what's gonna save lives and that's Medicare for all so what the editorial board of the Washington Post as well as Clinton wants is for us to continue to be ripped off by the private insurance industry so when we pay our monthly premium that doesn't cover it. See, if we get sick, we're going to have to dole out $5,000, $10,000 on our deductible. What's the point of a de deductible? Why am I paying you each month? This is a complete and utter scam, but you want to perpetuate that. You want us to be ripped off by a system that's immoral and leaves many people out of healthcare coverage. That 
is what's insane. You're the one who's delusional. But nonetheless, they continue. When asked how Mr. Sanders would be tackling future deficits, as he would already be raising taxes for healthcare expansion and the rest of his program, his advisors claim that more government spending will result in higher growth, which will improve our fiscal situation. This resembles Republican arguments that tax cuts will juice the economy and pay for themselves, and is equally fanciful. Right, except there's a stark difference between Bernie Sanders' tax plan and the Republican tax plan. See, the difference is that when they say when they want to cut taxes, they're not talking about you and me. They're talking about they want to cut taxes for the rich. They want to cut taxes for the oligarchs, the billionaires, the corporations. They want to subsidize big business. They want to subsidize the fossil fuel industry who was killing our planet. When you actually raise the purchasing power of the American people, what happens? Well, we have more money. We go out and spend that money. We stimulate the economy. So we spend money at these businesses. They grow. They hire more people. Jobs are created and the economy gets turning. But when you give tax breaks to these billionaires who have so much money that they can never spend it in 10 lifetimes, let alone one, well, they just keep that money in their bank account and it just sits there. But when you actually take that money and you put it in the hands of the American people, the economy gets moving. So who is the one that is adopting fiction? I think you guys are the ones who need a reality check. And furthermore, the fact that you're an editorial board, you're supposed to be educated, you're supposed to be sophisticated, and you can't even understand elementary economics? It's just embarrassing. Now they continue. He assures Democrats concerned about the political obstacles in the way of his agenda that he will lead a political revolution that will help him clear the capital of corruption and influence peddling. This self-regarding analysis implies a national consensus favoring his agenda when there is none. Again, on all of the issues, a majority of the American people are on Bernie Sanders' side. So I don't know where you're getting your information. I think you're just pulling it out of your butthole. But it's just not true. Uh, so let's get to one last passage. So they say, when reality is ideologically or politically inconvenient, he and his campaign talk around it. Mr. Sanders' success so far does not show that the country is ready for a political revolution. It merely proves that many progressives like being told everything they want to hear. No, 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 no. It proves that you want to talk around reality. I just gave you the facts. You are the ones that want to be told everything you want to hear. See, Bernie Sanders supporters, we know about reality. I can tell you a thing or two about facts. I can tell you about polls. What you don't know is what's going on in the real world. You're in that establishment corrupt elitist bubble, and you can't possibly discern what the American people are thinking. You don't like that when the American people rise up and we say, look, we don't want corporatist Democrats and Republicans giving tax breaks to these billionaires. We don't want them to sign these disastrous free trade agreements that ship our jobs overseas. That's what you don't want to hear. And you plug your ears, you cover your eyes, and you say, la, 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 no, 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 Bernie Sanders, he's unreasonable, he's delusional, no, 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 his, his supporters are crazy, they're kooks, they need a reality check. You are the one that needs the reality check. You guys are the delusional ones. It doesn't click with you because you rich oligarchic pigs can't possibly fathom the fact that us peasants would have a different opinion than you. We actually disagree with the fact that we should be having our money redistributed to the wealthiest people in the country. So here's what this hit piece reveals about the Washington Post editorial board. It is you, the mainstream corporate media establishment that needs a reality check. And you need one badly because you are very much out of touch with what the American people want. Now I've got really bad news for you guys. You might be successful at slandering Bernie Sanders every single day. You might even kill off his campaign, but guess what? Bernie Sanders has started something that is going to augment. So if you kill off Bernie Sanders' campaign, good job, kudos to you, you've done it. You've been successful, but guess what? 
this is the start of the progressive political revolution, a nonviolent revolution where we take back our corrupt government. The peasants are in revolt and we're hungry. We're tired of the scraps that the establishment has been feeding us all these years. And we're going to be so hungry that there will be nothing left for us to eat but the rich. So if you're as angry as I am about this article, go ahead and tell the Washington Post what you think. I'll put their Twitter handle on the screen and let's let them know that we don't like their propaganda hit pieces against not only Bernie Sanders, but us. It's offensive and it's wrong and they need a reality check. Seeing that Bernie Sanders now poses the actual real threat to Hillary Clinton, billionaire Michael Bloomberg has threatened to effectively steal the election away from Bernie Sanders if he becomes the Democratic nominee. So what he has done is threatened to run as a third party candidate, thus splitting votes between Democratic voters and handing the election to a Republican. So the New York Times explains, Mike Bloomberg for president rests on the not impossible but somewhat unlikely circumstance of either Donald Trump or Ted Cruz versus Bernie Sanders, said Mr. Rendell, a close ally of Mrs. Clinton's who is also a friend of Mr. Bloomberg's. If Hillary wins the nomination, Hillary is mainstream enough that Mike would have no chance and Mike's not going to go on a suicide mission. He has grown more frustrated with what he sees a race gone haywire, a longtime critic of partisan primary elections, Mr. Bloomberg has lamented what he considers Clinton's lurch to the left in her contest against Mr. Sanders, especially her criticism of charter schools and other education reforms that he pushed as mayor and has continued to support since leaving office. Oh, okay, so I see what this is about. So what you want is someone in office who's mainstream, uh, i.e. establishment, who's actually going to fight for your interests, who's going who's gonna to continue to give tax breaks to billionaires and fight for you, and not the little guy, right? So the fact that Bernie Sanders is actually doing great, that actually really scares you. So you want someone in there who's going to perpetuate the status quo where our uh, American oligarchy can control everything, can control Congress, right? Oh, okay, okay, so this is a clear case of if I don't get my way, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum and run as a third party and ruin it for everyone. Well, unfortunately for you, you might not actually be able to spoil this election after all. So in a three-way hypothetical matchup against yourself, Bernie Sanders, and Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders beats both of you. That's right. The individual who is fighting for the peasants and plebeians beats two billionaires. That has got to be a blow to your ego. I mean, if you're a billionaire, you got to have an ego. Uh, but damn. <laughs> you need to ice that burn, Mike. Now, I just have a question for you. Your net worth is $41 billion. You are the seventh richest person in the country, the 13th richest person in the world. You basically will never be able to spend all that money even if you live to be a thousand years old. And even in spite of this fact, you still want more money. You want an establishment candidate who's going to continue to give you more tax breaks. When do you stop? I mean, you have $41 billion. At what point do you just throw your hands up and say, you know what? I'm good at $41 billion. I mean, do you want to get to $100 billion? Do you want to get to a trillion? When does the greed stop? You're never, ever going to be able to spend all of that money in your lifetime. doesn't matter how long you live. Even if you had $1 billion, how are you going to spend all that money? I mean, that is an amount of money that is unfathomable to us. We can't even picture it in our heads because it's such a huge quantity of money. It's seemingly infinite to a lot of us who are basically living off of scraps. 
So my question is, when is enough enough for you? When are you going to check out and say, look, I'm 73 years old. I think I'm good with what I got. When do you do that, Michael? I don't give a shit about your philanthropic endeavors. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many charities you've donated to. The fact is, is that you're sitting on $41 billion. There are diseases that need to be cured, okay? There are people starving. You can feed countries in Africa with that type of money. And yet you want more for yourself. You want to hoard more money. Not only does that make you someone who is ignorant, of the world, it just makes you a bad person. Yes, having that much money, an unfathomable amount, makes you a bad person, Michael Bloomberg, because you are sitting on money that could be saving lives. But you are so goddamn greedy that we can't even have the candidate that we want for president, right? So if we pick Bernie Sanders, you are threatening to steal the election from us. When does it end? That's all I'm saying, I wanna know. When is enough enough? From the very beginning, Bernie Sanders as well as Martin O'Malley and their supporters have been demanding more debates, but nonetheless, the DNC chair has defended their measly six-debate schedule. So they've banned candidates additionally from participating in non-DNC-sanctioned debates. So if CNN decides to hold their own independent debate that the DNC doesn't approve of and the candidates go and participate in it, they get banned. They don't get to participate in future DNC-sanctioned debates. Uh, so they were very strict uh, in why they wanted to do this. So now, since Hillary Clinton at the time was polling much higher than Bernie Sanders, uh, she thought that limiting the debate schedule would benefit her campaign. This is what the DNC thought as well. Uh, so by preventing Bernie Sanders and Martin O'Malley from having a breakout moment and by hiding them away on you know weekends uh, and on debates before major holidays, they thought that, you know, we'll keep this quiet, we'll just maintain that lead, and it'll be great. Uh, now, this isn't just conspiratorial. I'm not just saying that Hillary Clinton cooperated with the DNC because I have my tinfoil hat on. There's evidence for this. Even a Democratic aide explained it was all an elaborate game where everything was worked out in advance with the Clinton people. This is on the exclusivity clause. Now, more evidence from the New York Times. They explain Mrs. Clinton, who entered the race as the prohibitive favorite, played it safe, opting for as few debates as possible, which were scheduled at times when viewership was likely to be low. It's clearly the case that the DNC cooperated with the Hillary Clinton campaign and basically allowed her to set the debates as she wanted, uh, because that's what you do. If you have that high of a lead, there, there's nothing that you can gain uh, from having more debates. You can only go down from there with how high of a lead she had. Um, now, all of a sudden, though, that Bernie Sanders is rising in the polls, and now that he poses an actual threat... Well, now she kind of changes her mind. Now she's thinking, maybe I want some more debates. Uh, I have been willing to do more debates. I like debating, and I think it was uh, important that my supporters, leaders in New Hampshire, said they wanted a debate. They offered a time. I agreed, uh, and I am prepared uh, to do that. And certainly with respect to future debates, we can start talking about scheduling those, but... I look forward to debating the issues. I think the voters of New Hampshire and the country want us to keep debating the issues. Uh, so I hope that uh, we'll all three be there. I like debating. I like debating. I like debating. 
So she wants more debates now because now she thinks it's going to help her. So the DNC will be effectively allowing candidates to violate the exclusivity clause just because Hillary Clinton wants more debates. But I've got a question for you. What about when you said this? Trump was at it again. One of his supporters in the audience called President Obama a Muslim. My friends, what's more important, drawing a contrast with Republicans or arguing about debates? So maybe now I don't want more debates. Maybe I changed my mind. Maybe I want to hide uh, Hillary Clinton away from the public now that the results are changing. I mean, if you guys can rig it in favor of your candidate, why can't Bernie Sanders and Martin O'Malley, uh, Martin O'Malley supporters, excuse me, hide our opponent away from the public as well? Why can't we rig it? So if we're playing dirty, why don't we get to have that opportunity to play it dirty? Now all of a sudden, uh, we've been saying debates, 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 and now Hillary Clinton wants debates, and now the DNC is going to jump, now the corporate media is going to jump and give her more debates. I say no. Now I want to limit debates. Now I, I think I agree with you, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I mean, remember when you said what's more important, debates or contrasting with Republicans? Well, maybe I agree with that now, huh? I can't change my mind? Hillary Clinton can change her mind, why can't we? But anyways, uh, Bernie Sanders spokesman Michael Briggs had this to say, the dynamics of this race have changed and so suddenly they want a new debate. We are not going to engage in a process where the only time we schedule debates is when the Clinton campaign feels that they are under pressure and they need to have another debate. So now additionally, he indicated that they will not be agreeing to a debate before New Hampshire unless these requirements are met. Uh, there must be a debate in March, April, and May uh, they cannot take place on a Friday, Saturday, or before a holiday weekend. And furthermore, Martin O'Malley must be included. So this, my friends, is how you play politics. So you can't just suddenly have more debates because you think Hillary Clinton is going to lose. That's not fair. That's called cheating. See, if you want more debates, you set up a schedule where you just have debates no matter what happens. No matter what happens when it comes to polling. It doesn't matter if you're above or below in the polls. You agree to the debates because it's the right thing to do, not because you want it to help your campaign, not because you want it to be rigged in your favor again. See, the problem is that the DNC and Hillary Clinton don't realize that this is a democracy, not a hillerocracy, okay? You don't get to make the terms and conditions. We are the ones that get to decide. We are the voters. We put you in office and you need to listen to us. See, you ignored us when we have been chanting over and over and over and over for months that we want more debates. So now all of a sudden to help your candidate again, you want more debates. You try to limit them to help her first, but now you want more debates suddenly because you think it'll help your candidate. Well, you know what? I say screw that. I don't want debates. I changed my mind. Okay, I'm not going to play ball on this. I no longer want more debates because I am done with the DNC answering to Hillary Clinton's every beck and call. It's not fair. It's not right. And this isn't how you're supposed to operate in a democracy. It's unfair. Uh, so Hillary Clinton, no. No more debates. Sorry. You've made your bed. Lie in it. So apparently Hillary Clinton has not gotten the message that when you attack Bernie Sanders, it backfires. I've been saying it all along, I've showed you demonstrably how her attacks have harmed her campaign, but nonetheless, she's still going ahead and attacking Bernie Sanders directly. So in a new ad, it features some new covert attacks on Bernie Sanders that are outright falsifications. Take a look. She'll build on Obamacare, not start over. Break through the gridlock, not add to it. Defend Planned Parenthood, not attack it. Stand up to the gun lobby, not protect it. Lead on foreign policy, not ignore it. Okay, so I want to revisit these. She'll build on Obamacare, not start over. 
So here's what she's trying to do again. She's trying to perpetuate the myth that Bernie Sanders wants to uh, remove health care from you by starting over. Uh, again, she will defend Planned Parenthood, not attack it. Yes, because Bernie Sanders has attacked Planned Parenthood. He hasn't stated that he wants to defend Planned Parenthood. He's attacked it because he said that the uh, the board of directors and the president of Planned Parenthood are establishment. What an attack. Uh, she says he'll, she'll stand up to the gun lobby, not protect it. Oh, of course, Bernie Sanders, I mean, look at him sitting there protecting the gun lobby. You know, it isn't the case that he actually lost an election because of his stance on uh, wanting to ban automatic assault rifles, right? That's that's not that's not true. Let's forget about that. He wants to actually protect the gun lobby. Really? Now also, she'll lead on foreign policy, not ignore it. Oh, you'll you'll lead on foreign policy. Kind of like the way that you led when you uh, decided to invade Iraq. Kind of like the way that you led when you were Secretary of State and you wanted to overthrow the president of Libya, Gaddafi? Look at what's happening there now. ISIS is now taking hold in Libya. It's basically a failed state. So here's what happens. When Hillary Clinton leads on foreign policy, we know what happens. And here she is. She's wanting to lead again by instituting a Republican plan, a Syrian no-fly zone, so that way she can tell Russia and Iran, you can't enter uh, this area. And if you do, I'm going to shoot down your planes, thus escalating tension with Russia. Really? That's what you call leadership? Uh, but Bernie Sanders does not ignore foreign policy. He's given you his specific plan on how he wants to attack ISIS. It's the only plan in the entire field of presidential candidates, with the exception of Martin O'Malley's. That's actually sane. That's not ludicrous. So we know what you mean by lead, Hillary Clinton. Uh, we know that those defense contractors are going to give you money to start more wars and intervene in foreign countries. And that's what you call leadership. That's not what I call leadership. So look, people will say, Mike, you're just too hard on Hillary Clinton. Uh, this isn't about, you know, good versus evil. Uh, and look, I agree with that. I don't think Hillary Clinton is evil. I don't hate Hillary Clinton. But what this is about, what this campaign has been about, is moral versus amoral. Uh, because there's evidence for that. See, Bernie Sanders is looking out for the little guy. Hillary Clinton has done things that proves that she just doesn't have a moral compass. She puts profit in her donor's interests above human beings. So case in point, she sold fracking to the world when she was uh, Secretary of State. If you are selling something that destroys the environment, that poisons water, that causes earthquakes, uh, not only do I think you're not going to be the best candidate to tackle climate change, I think you're amoral, if not immoral. You know, she has these monetary incentives to do it. Uh, also, someone who fought against gay marriage for the entirety of her life, I don't think that that's someone who is moral. I think they're amoral. Someone who gave weapons deals to the Saudis, a radical Wahhabist regime, uh, because they donated to the Clinton Foundation, I think that's amoral. So I don't necessarily think, of course, that this is, you know, good versus evil, but Hillary Clinton has proven that she doesn't have any type of moral compass guiding her. She claims that the Bible is her favorite book. Well, why is it that Bernie Sanders, someone who's not religious, someone who is Jewish, is someone who follows your God and his commandments more closely. Why is that the case? See, what this is really about is a battle for the heart and soul of the American Democratic Party. If you go with Hillary Clinton, you're not only going to disenfranchise voters and get less and less younger people to turn out, but you're going to ruin your chances of winning that White House. You're going to ruin your chances of ever taking back the Senate because we're going to get so disenfranchised that we are just going to check out. And this isn't just me saying this, this is actual political science studies. When voters actually witness cases of corruption, it's usually severe cases of corruption, but typically what they do 
is they just check out. They don't even try to fight back against it. They don't engage in the political system. That is not healthy for democracy. That's not. That's just not healthy. So either you can choose to help your party or harm your party by going with Hillary Clinton. Uh, so this is just a terrible attack on Bernie Sanders. And Hillary Clinton, she has to cut it out, but she's not. And I'm not mad at her for doing these attacks because every time she does it, she helps Bernie Sanders. So keep it up. But just know that every time you do this, I will come out and I will rebuke these attacks because they're not true. And I don't want misinformation to permeate throughout society. There's already enough that the corporate media is doing and you don't have to contribute to it, Hillary Clinton. A CNN host interviewed actress Susan Sarandon and she just could not fathom why Susan Sarandon would support someone like Bernie Sanders. Take a look. Some people would say, you know what? You know what, Ms. Sarandon, you're a feminist icon. Hillary Clinton is running as a feminist icon. So why aren't you supporting her? Well, Bernie Sanders consistently has represented everything that I'm interested in that I care about. He wants change. He doesn't want business as usual. So this I find so insulting to women to say, look, because you're a woman, you, you're not allowed to be objective. You have to vote strictly based on genitalia. Well, not only is that not a feminist thing to do, I think it actually diminishes the cause of feminism. Bernie Sanders has a phenomenal voting record when it comes to women's rights. And the great thing about Bernie is that he's not looking out for the rich white women. He's looking out for all women. Uh, but she continues. Um, Bernie Sanders, he says he's a socialist. He, he admitted that he would have to raise taxes to accomplish his goals. Those are two things that um, many Americans uh, would take pause, like the socialist label. Do you think people will really vote for a guy who's Well, everything a that socialist? he's talking about, Everything that he's talking about is just completely directed from FDR. I give the American people more credit than you give them. See, we're not idiots who react like cavemen to these buzzwords like socialism. Ooh, so scary. You're literally trying to perpetuate the Red Scare. Well, I've got bad news for you. The Cold War is over. Fear-mongering about communism and socialism no longer actually gets us to fall in line like it used to. The peasants have risen up and you don't like that. See these words like socialist, it doesn't scare us anymore. Uh, so yeah, I think that people will be inclined to vote for him because the American people are smarter than that. They look at his policies, not what you want to call him or what he calls himself. The critics would say, you know, he, he's, he wants to give Americans handouts, single payer. He wants everybody to have health insurance, free college tuition for everybody. And, and those things just aren't possible. Do they say that about all of Europe? Do they say that in all of Some Europe? Some critics do because say that about Europe. Yeah, but they're very happy. Why shouldn't we have health care? I mean, why is that something that we should be ashamed of getting? That's not a handout when you pay taxes. Oh my God, what a horrible person. He wants to give people health care so that way they don't die or go bankrupt when they get sick. What a terrible person. He wants to make sure that these peasants are educated. What the hell, Bernie Sanders? You want them to be educated so that way they're actually competitive on the job market? What the hell? How could you do this? How could you give these handouts, which they're actually handbacks because we pay for them? How could you do this, Bernie Sanders? What a terrible human being to actually want to help the American people. Shame on you. You should be trying to get an office to give more handouts to the corporations and the billionaires, not try to help the peasants. Come on, they're peasants. They don't deserve equal treatment. They don't deserve adequate representation. You know what Congress is about, Bernie. Come on, get in line. You're supposed to represent special interests. This is this is just insane. It's mind blowing. But nonetheless, she continues. Countries within Europe, their economies aren't so great. Yeah, but we got broke going to war. 
right? The gap between the rich and the poor has gotten so huge where the few, few people at the very top, it's like a half of 1%, have more than I think 50 some percent of the property mm -hmm. in this country and the wealth in this country. That's redistribution of wealth. Oh, okay, I'm sure that that's directly correlated with the fact that they have free healthcare. Hmm, okay, so free healthcare, bad economy. I've got bad news for you, but if you do a quantitative analysis, that's not gonna be the case. See, they have better healthcare. They rank better than us in healthcare, and their citizens don't die when they get sick in Europe, okay? And furthermore, look at Germany. They offer free college education to everybody. I think they're doing pretty good in terms of their economy. So to do these fear-mongering tactics to just straight up espouse talking points of the political establishment is sickening. Now let me just remind you guys that Time Warner, the owner of CNN, is one of Hillary Clinton's biggest contributors. So this CNN host, she is not just, you know, being smarmy and condescending to Susan Sarandon for the sake of it. She is feeding lines directly that her corporate overlords want her to feed to people. They want you to think that Bernie Sanders is this horrible socialist who, God forbid, actually help out the peasants, right? Well, we, we know, CNN, what you're trying to do. Uh, so this CNN host has just discredited herself forever because it is very apparent that she is being fed lines from her corporate overlords and that she is just a puppet. PolitiFact decided to fact-check Bernie Sanders' claim that almost all polls showed that he is polling stronger than Hillary Clinton against the Republicans. Now, they rated this claim false. Now, the reasoning for rating this false is technically correct. However, it's very misleading, and I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea about his electability. So I'll go ahead and read you their explanation. Uh, so the only recent national poll to look at the question at the time Sanders made his comment was completed January 13th for NBC News and The Wall Street Journal. If Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, it found Sanders beats Trump by 15 percentage points compared to a 10-point win for Clinton. To find another poll to properly compare Clinton's and Sanders' relative strengths, you have to go back to Quinnipiac poll completed December 20th. There, Sanders beats Trump by 13 points while Clinton defeats him by 7 points. They continue, however, in a matchup against Republican Marco Rubio, Sanders loses by 3 points and Clinton wins by just a single point. Against Ted Cruz, Sanders loses by a point and Clinton ties Cruz at 44% each. So Clinton is performing slightly better, but these results are largely within the margin of error of plus or minus 2.9 points. Okay, so their point there is actually fair. So I can concede on the fact that only two out of eight polls show that Bernie Sanders is actually outperforming Clinton. But the crucial detail that PolitiFact failed to mention was that aggregate polling still indicates that Bernie Sanders is outperforming Hillary Clinton, even though just two out of the eight polls show that um, Bernie beats uh, Hillary Clinton when stacked against the Republicans. When you take overall averages from real clear politics, uh, his average is still higher than Hillary Clinton because his performance in those two polls is so well that overall it averages out in Bernie Sanders' favor. So let me tell you what I mean by that. So when it comes to a hypothetical matchup against Trump, Hillary Clinton has a 2.7% uh, advantage and Sanders has a 5.3% advantage. So he beats Hillary there overall. When it comes to Cruz, Clinton has a 1.3% disadvantage, so she loses to Trump, or excuse me, she loses to Cruz overall, but Sanders 
beats Cruz overall. He has a 3.3% advantage. Now, when it comes to Rubio, both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders lose. Clinton has a 2.5% disadvantage. However, Sanders only has a 1% disadvantage. Uh, so again, thus far, out of these three candidates, Trump, Cruz, and Rubio, Bernie Sanders outperforms Hillary Clinton. Now, when it comes to Ben Carson, uh, Clinton has a 0.4% advantage, while Sanders has a 0.5% advantage. When it comes to Bush, Clinton has a 2.4% advantage, and Sanders has a 3.0% advantage overall. So again, out of these five candidates mentioned thus far, Bernie Sanders outperforms Hillary Clinton. When it comes to Carly Fiorina, however, this is the exception. So Hillary Clinton has a 3.6% advantage, but Sanders has only a 2.4% advantage. They both beat Carly Fiorina, but Bernie Sanders does a bit worse against her than Hillary Clinton. Uh, so the bottom line is that overall, Bernie Sanders does perform better than Hillary Clinton when you match him against Republican contenders for a general uh, election. Uh, so now, you can push back against this and say that those two polls skew the results, but nonetheless, what we do when it comes to polling is we take into account aggregate polling, so we go by averages. Now, when you go by the average of Real Clear Politics, a very reputable uh, polling uh, industry, or actually they're just an aggregate, so they take all the polls and they combine them and they average them out, but when you go by that, what most people go by, you can see that Bernie Sanders is more nationally electable than Hillary Clinton, despite the fact that only two out of those eight polls show that he does do better in hypothetical matchups. So I want you guys to know that because I don't want you to get the idea uh, that PolitiFact is trying to paint him as unelectable. They're just a little bit misleading, and they should have given you that extra bit of information. And furthermore, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to discern that a candidate who is currently being investigated by the FBI, who six out of ten Americans distrust, who one out of five Iowan Democrats actually view unfavorably, according to Quinnipiac, is the less electable candidate than Bernie Sanders. Someone who is viewed as much more trustworthy than her. Uh, so don't get it twisted. Bernie Sanders is still the better candidate to go against Republicans uh, than Hillary Clinton. Uh, so don't take it to heart. I, I get the reasoning for uh, PolitiFact rating this claim false, but they should have gone further and given you that extra bit of information because that's what's important when it comes to electability. So last week when I made the case that Bernie Sanders is the better candidate when it comes to LGBT rights, I actually got a lot of pushback from Clintonistas who tried to convince me that Bernie Sanders is actually not just bad on LGBT rights, he's actually hostile according to some articles. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and review the arguments in question, and then I'll tell you whether or not you've changed my mind. So let's get to an article by Slate. I think that they do a good job of summarizing all of the articles that attack Bernie Sanders for his LGBT rights record. So it's titled, Bernie Sanders claims he's a longtime champion of marriage equality, it's just not true, by Mark Joseph Stern. All right, bring it on. So he states, Sanders is not quite the gay rights visionary his defenders would like us to believe. Sanders did oppose DOMA, but purely on states' rights grounds. And as recently as 2006, Sanders opposed marriage equality for his adopted home state of Vermont. The senator may have evolved earlier than his primary opponents, but the fact remains that in the critical early days of the modern marriage equality movement, Sanders was neutral at best and hostile at worst. Okay, so that's a jump. He was hostile at worst. So let's keep that word in mind, hostile. And then towards the end of this segment, we'll go ahead and review whether or not he was hostile towards us. Now, thankfully, I don't have to refute that state's rights point because Stern actually does that himself. He literally refuted his own argument in his own article. 
<laughs> not joking. So he says, perhaps Sanders' team used this state's rights rationale to limit backlash from anti-gay voters. That would be a perfectly acceptable tactic since his vote, not his explanation of it, is what matters most. Still, if that's the case, then Sanders should be honest about it. Well, it turns out that Sanders was being honest about it. His wife said, we felt we needed to say it was states' rights, because uh, we wanted to stop the bill. That was an argument that we thought could maybe appeal to some Republicans who talked about states' rights. So there you have it. Are you satisfied? Mm, not yet. So he continues, in 2006, he took a stand against same-sex marriage in Vermont, stating that he instead endorsed civil unions. Sanders told reporters that he was comfortable with civil unions, not full marriage equality. To justify his stance, Sanders complained that a battle for same-sex marriage would be too divisive. Now notice how he puts comfortable in quotation marks, uh, and then he directly quotes him, but then he puts words in Bernie Sanders' mouth to suggest that he was not in favor of full marriage equality. That's really clever, but I see what you're doing. Uh, now. This is true that Bernie Sanders did say he didn't want to push forward with marriage equality because it would be too divisive, but what Stern doesn't tell you is why Bernie Sanders said this. So he said this because they fought a long and hard battle to secure civil unions. So Bernie Sanders wanted to stick with civil unions because he thought that pushing forward with marriage equality would be too divisive and potentially undo the progress they made with civil unions. Now, in spite of this fact, there's another inconvenient truth here that Stern leaves out. Bernie Sanders, even though he was pushing for civil unions over marriage equality, he still simultaneously supported marriage equality. His choice not to pursue it was a practical decision because he didn't want to undo the progress. I think this is reasonable. Uh, but he continues, As mayor of Burlington in 1990, Sanders told an interviewer that LGBT rights were not a major priority for him. Asked if he would support a bill to protect gays from job discrimination, Sanders responded, Probably not. Still, Sanders' exaggeration of his marriage equality record is strange and unwise. If Sanders were honest about his evolution, and yes, it was an evolution, then he could still brag about supporting marriage equality long before his chief primary rival. Instead, he has attempted to reframe his somewhat tepid support as vociferous and unabating. Now, it doesn't matter what Bernie Sanders was quoted as saying. I don't care if Bernie Sanders said LGBT rights weren't a major priority, because what I care about is the fact that he put his own career on the line to designate a gay pride day in Burlington, Vermont. He put his own career on the line to actually fight for housing anti-discrimination clauses for the LGBT community. Uh, and the fact that the city council was unequivocally against Bernie Sanders and they wanted to destroy him because of these LGBT protections, that proves to me that he was willing to fight for us even when it was a difficult thing to do. So I can forgive Bernie Sanders for not talking the talk in the 1990s because he walked the walk for us. Words don't matter as much as actions does, and his actions dictated that he was unequivocally in support of us at a time when everyone else hated us, when everyone else was hostile towards the notion of LGBT rights. So I'm sorry that you think it's irrational for him or wrong for him to try to protect himself against the backlash from city council because they wanted to go after him for supporting us, uh, but I don't care what he said. I care about what he did. Uh, now, when it comes to his exaggeration on his record, um, there's one tiny problem with that he did endorse marriage equality as early as the 1970s. Uh, so he wrote, let us abolish all laws which attempt to impose a particular brand of morality or right on people. Let's abolish all laws dealing with abortion, drugs, sexual behavior, adultery, homosexuality, 
etc. Now, you don't have to read that as an endorsement of marriage equality as I do, uh, but in 1996, the fact remains that he voted against DOMA, while Hillary Clinton didn't oppose it until 2007, and she actually was on the Senate floor defending our exclusion from the institution of marriage. She fought against LGBT rights. Uh, now, I want to read you a quote that PolitiFact uh, had fact-checked of Chuck Todd. He states, Bernie Sanders was there when it came to same-sex marriage 20 years ago. He was there when it wasn't popular, and PolitiFact rated this claim true. So, even if you don't take that initial quote as an endorsement in the 1970s of marriage equality, you gotta take 1996 as, an, as his endorsement of marriage equality. That's 20 years ago, still leagues ahead of everyone else in Congress. So, I want to get back to that hostility comment. So, at what point in all these quotes, in all of these actions, in all of these said anti-gay uh, things that Bernie Sanders did, uh, was he being hostile towards the LGBT community? Where was the hostility? I don't see it. Uh, I do see Hillary Clinton being hostile. I see her supporting our disenfranchisement from marriage. Uh, I see her trying to kick us out of the military and supporting Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Why isn't Hillary Clinton held up to the same standard? She was actively fighting against us. I'd call that hostile. I wouldn't call Bernie Sanders hostile towards the notion of LGBT rights. That's absurd. Uh, but here's the deal. I'm going to go ahead and go out of my way and be as fair to you as I can possibly be, Stern. So um, let's actually take everything you said here and let's actually just say that Bernie Sanders factually did not care about LGBT rights. That's not true, but let's say he did. Let's say that he actually actively opposed marriage equality all the way up until 2009. Let's just, let's just accept this hypothetical situation as true for a moment. So even then, if you got that picture in your mind, right? Bernie Sanders, 2009, uh, doesn't care about gay people, didn't endorse marriage equality into the, until 2009. Keep that picture in your mind. So even if that were true, when you compare Bernie Sanders to Hillary Clinton, who's the better candidate? It's still the case that Bernie Sanders is the better candidate than Hillary Clinton by a mile because you know, this might just be me, I could just be insane, but someone just being neutral or not caring about LGBT rights is better than someone actively fighting against our rights, which Hillary Clinton did. So here's what I'm being asked to do as a gay person. I'm being asked to fall in line, to just support Hillary Clinton because the establishment and Hillary Clinton herself are trying to tell me that she's the better candidate, someone who actively fought against our rights up until three years ago. She's better for me. She's going to fight for my rights. I was born at night, but I was not born last night, and I am not that naive. So, no, I'm not going to fall in line. It's still very much the case that even though the media tries to disparage his record on LGBT rights, he was pro-gay for the entirety of his career. Now, there's a reason why the couple who was involved in the Supreme Court marriage equality case actually endorsed Bernie Sanders. They got common sense. It's because he was on our side from the beginning. Okay, Bernie Sanders was there for us when everyone else hated us. Check the record. Hillary versus Bernie Sanders. It's very, very clear. So when it comes to the article title, Bernie Sanders claims he's a longtime champion of marriage equality. It's just not true. Actually, it is true. It is true. Regardless if you want to believe it or not. So I have facts on my side. So you can support the candidate who just warmed up to the idea of marriage equality a couple of years ago. But I'm going to go with the guy who's been fighting for us since before I was born. I'm going to go with the guy who almost destroyed his career when he was mayor of Burlington, Vermont 
fighting for us. Uh, so I'm sorry you did not convince me. Bernie Sanders is still very much the better candidate when it comes to LGBT rights by a mile. Well, that's the episode. I want to thank all of my subscribers for tuning in every single week, and I want to welcome the huge amount of new subscribers that I have to the channel. By the time this is posted, we should hopefully uh, reach 10,000 subscribers, so I'll definitely do a thank you video if that's the case next week. Uh, so I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching The Humanist Report. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out at humanistreport.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, disable your browser's ad blocker or consider becoming a sponsor.